0: Annihilation 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 One minute at a time One dark night, fired with love's urgent longings, ah, the sheer grace, I went out unseen, my house being now all stilled, in darkness and secure, by the secret ladder disguised, ah, the sheer grace. In darkness and concealment, my house being now all stilled. On that glad night, in secret for no one saw me, nor did I look at anything, with no other light or guide, than the one that burned in my heart. This guided me, more surely than the light of noon, to where he was awaiting me, him I knew so well, there in a place where no one appeared. O oh, guiding night, O oh, night more lovely than the dawn, O oh, night that has united the lover with his beloved, transforming the beloved in her lover upon my flowering breast which i kept wholly for him alone there he lay sleeping and i caressing him there in a breeze from the fanning cedars When the breeze blew from the turret, as I parted his hair, it wounded my neck with its gentle hand, suspending all my senses. I abandoned and forgot myself, laying my face on my beloved. All things ceased. I went out from myself, leaving my cares, forgotten among the lilies. St. John of the Cross, The Dark Night, Stanzas of the Soul. Lena has just discovered something in one of her samples. It is the middle of the night, and she is done sleeping. She has just left Shepard, awake at least for now, Thornton and Radek, still asleep, in the guard tower to check on Ventress. Lena rounds the right side of the guard tower, still buttoning her jacket, looking for Ventress. Lena turns slowly back toward camera and stops buttoning her jacket as she spots. Reverse, second, eight. A tiny hut in a field, barely lit by one small light inside. A wood pole rises from the grass beyond it. A broken and clearly unused road runs past it in the foreground. We can assume this small hut had a boom gate attached when this base was in operation. The abandoned settings here make for even more striking visuals than the untamed swampland. The half-sunken fishing hut before, Fort Amaya now, later the abandoned town, and then, of course, the damaged lighthouse. Locations that served a purpose before, but now sit in disrepair and disuse. JG Ballard Cataclysms and Dooms The Visual Encyclopedia of Science Fiction, nineteen seventy seven. Quote Visions of world cataclysm constitute one of the most powerful and most mysterious of all the categories of science fiction, and in their classic form predate modern science fiction by thousands of years. In many ways I believe that science fiction is itself no more than a mirror offshoot of the cataclysmic tale. From the deluge in the Babylonian Zodiac myth of Gilgamesh to contemporary fantasies of 20th century super science, there has clearly been no limit to our need to devise new means of destroying the world we inhabit. I would guess that from man's first inkling of this planet as a single entity existing independently of himself came the determination to bring about its destruction, part of the same impulse we see in a placid infant who wakes alone in his cot and sets about wrecking his entire nursery. Psychiatric studies of the fantasies and Dream Life of the Insane show that ideas of world destruction are latent in the unconscious mind. The marvels of 20th century science and technology provide an anthology of destructive techniques unrivaled in War, Sadism, and Pacifism, 1947. Nagasaki, destroyed by the magic of science, is the nearest man has yet approached to the realization of dreams that even during the safe immobility of sleep are accustomed to develop into nightmares of anxiety. As an author who has produced a substantial number of cataclysmic stories, I take for granted that the planet the writer destroys with such tireless ingenuity is in fact an image of the writer himself. But are these deluges and droughts, whirlwinds and glaciations, no more than overextended metaphors of some kind of suicidal self-hate? Though I am even more suspicious of my own motives than of other people's, I nevertheless think not. On the contrary, I believe that the catastrophe story, whoever may tell it, represents a constructive and positive act by the imagination rather than a negative one, an attempt to confront a patently meaningless universe by challenging it at its own game. Within the realm of fiction, the writer of the catastrophe story illustrates in the most extreme and literal way Conrad's challenge. Immerse yourself in the most destructive element and swim. Each one of these fantasies represents an arraignment of the finite, an attempt to dismantle the formal structure of time and space which the universe wraps around us at the moment we first achieve consciousness. It is the inflexibility of this huge reductive machine we call reality that provokes infant and madman alike. And in the Cataclysm story, the science fiction writer joins company with them, using his imagination to describe the infinite alternatives to reality which nature itself has proved incapable of inventing. This celebration of the possibilities of life is at the heart of science fiction. End quote. Reverse 2nd 11, the guard tower from below, a dark shape against gray clouds. Lena, in silhouette at the right corner of its platform. This tower may actually be the Victor Alert watchtower that still stands at RAF Bentwaters, but it is difficult to confirm whether the small gate hut was an existing structure or built for the film. Lena walks toward the closer corner of the tower platform, circling around to the stairs, and we cut to 2nd 16, exterior abandoned base, hut, night. The hut is on the edge of the abandoned facility. The starlight doesn't illuminate much, but we can just about make out the chain-link perimeter fence, and beyond it, the black shape of the forest. Inside the tiny hut is Ventress, studying a map. For now, the only light seems to be a small lamp set on one of the low walls of the hut and directed upward into the roof that sits on four corner posts. Ventress turns to the side. If we could not be sure it was her before, we should recognize her now, even from afar. Lena comes into frame from left, her back to camera, approaching the hut. Beat. Ventress looks up, then back to her map. Doctor Ventress, We're what are you doing up? Now? Lena turns by the hut. You're, You're not, not supposed to relieve me until three. Frame. Reverse second twenty-eight inside the hut. Ventress from behind, large in the foreground at the right of frame. Lena, lit by Ventress's light, steps through the entrance into the hut's small interior. Lena.
1: Sleep, for, the for the
0: night. night. Dr. Ventress. Okay. okay. Ventress turns toward the left, putting her face in shadow, and sets the map on the low concrete wall of the hut. Dr. Ventress. Continued. Come, Come look, look, look at this. this. Lena approaches, but somewhat reluctantly. Dr. Ventress taps waypoint positions on the map. Dr. Ventress. Continued. Okay, okay this, this is, is where we are. are? Angle and Lena and Ventress silhouetted with the light behind them. On the hut wall to the right sits what looks like some sort of radio, its antenna raised. In the script, Ventress offers, "Here's where I think we camped last night." In the film, and in that's Beth's the lighthouse. In the script, she speaks like everything is normal, including their travel speed. Doctor Ventress continued, judging by the distance we covered today, we won't reach it until tomorrow. But look, second forty-three. Uncle from behind Lena, and we can see the map just well enough to assume it matches the map we saw before on Ventress' computer monitor. Additionally, there seems to be a new light source now in the ceiling by the post just behind Ventress. Dr. Ventress, continued. Southwest, Southwest. Dr. Ventress indicates a new position. Is
1: Perdue. It's Vilperdu. It's a small, small community. We, we evacuated two years, years ago.
0: ago. Two notes. First, Vilperdu translates as Lost City which is so on-the-nose that I assumed it was also a reference to some other science fiction. French author René Juglet published a novel called *Le Vieux but I have been unable to find a description of its plot or even its genre. I have been unable to confirm anything here but the obvious French translation. Second, in the script, she says 10 years ago, because the script timeline is 13 years since the lighthouse was struck. In the film, it has only been 3. Back to Ventress. The previous angle, Ventress's face in shadow, Lena beyond her. Dr. Ventress continued, I think we should should head head there there tomorrow, tomorrow, and then then head head out out for the the coast coast the following morning. morning. Lena says nothing. Dr. Ventress notices the non-response. She looks up at Lena from the map and the torchlight, a beat between them, then Lena speaks. Lena, good. good. Lena turns and steps away. Second 59, close on Ventress, the light behind her. She looks down. The moment feels incomplete, as time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits By the window and wanders But the empty place inside...